Hello everybody and welcome. This is the Midnight McBride Show, show number 59. And this show is called The Bolton Bruiser. Now you're probably imagining that I've got a great big buff guy sat across from me, but you'd be surprised. I've got NLP practitioner, Reiki master and masseuse, Kelly Ainsworth. Hello. Hello, Kelly. How are you doing? Yes, I'm okay. Kelly is in the house. <laughs> so, Kelly, I asked you to come on. I was chuffed when you said you'd do it. Really chuffed. Good. Yeah, and quite a bit to talk about, but initially I think we'll talk about your journey and we'll talk about how we met. Yep. And you have given me many, 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 many massages yes. over, the, over the years. <laughs> we initially met via... Dawn and Chloe at the Help Me Out. Healthy Indulgence Cafe, yes. That's it, the Healthy Indulgence Cafe. And then I also came to see you then up at the Harmony Hub, Liz Whittle's place. Uh, Liz, lovely lady, really nice lady. And and yeah, I've I've come to you many times and I've recommended you to other people as well. And you've survived, so it's all good. (laughs) Yes, yes. But besides massage and NLP and a Reiki master, your story has a few interesting twists and turns in it that maybe people wouldn't expect. For example, weightlifting or powerlifting. Yes. Thai boxing. And I'm assuming that's where the name The Bolton Bruiser comes from. Um, no. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, it, the lovely Liz Whittle braved it one day to have um, a massage with me. And she said, oh, I've, got, I've got this knot here. Can you work it? I was like, yeah. And then I became the Bolton Bruiser because she had a, a deep tissue sports massage. Yeah. And not regret it, but kind of thought I should have asked more what was entailed before I jumped on the bed and had a massage. <laughs> right, right. I, I came to you specifically because... Um, this, you know, nice relaxing massage and Swedish massage yep. and whatever, it doesn't do a thing for me. I need somebody to get in there with a big pair of muscles and get the thumbs in and, and really <laughs> dig deep and sort of, because of some of the sport I do, I get, especially with my legs, I used to get, you know, lots of um, muscle bunching and spasms and all that kind of thing. So That happens when you, you run and, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and train and exercise and do things quite intensely. Since I last saw you um you well no, you had i've only recently found out is you've got a chap now yes yes tell us how tall he is <laughs> he is six foot seven tell us how tall you are i am five foot five okay tell us how old he is <laughs> he is 30 tell us how old you are I am 42. Not that you should ask a woman her age <laughs> <laughs> when you walked in the studio today you came in and you had this beaming smile, you look, you were glowing, you looked fantastic, and I thought, what's happened to Kelly? What's going on here? And you were smiling, I'm assuming it's, that'll be part of the reason. Uh, a little bit, yes, yeah, yeah. and um, just life in general recently has given things, he's uh, just going where I want it to go, and yes, yeah. that is a, a bit of a, a boost, a six foot seven boost. Yeah, well, exactly, yeah. And I saw some pictures as well of your daughter, Chloe, is yes. that right? Yep. And I've met her previously, and Chloe looks completely different now. She's 18, I think you said, yep, dancing 18. and doing stuff, and yep. yeah, she's she's a young woman now, isn't she, you know? She is, Um I mean, anyone who's got kids will tell you that, oh, yeah, they grow up so quick. Um, But she kind of, she left college uh, amongst amongst the current crisis and she's literally become from young woman to almost a very adult woman, if that makes sense. Very quickly, in the last 18 months, she's really grown up. There's a lot been thrown at her. I I didn't recognise her. Saw the pictures and I thought, who's that? And the transformation over the last, obviously, it's been a few years, but yeah. in that period, she's twice as tall <laughs> and, and you know, obviously got makeup on now and things. And, yeah. yeah. And minus the cake. You usually see her with cake. She's yeah, a, a, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Kelly. So let's get into your life journey yes. and see where it takes us. You started off and Blackburn. Yes. But, yes. but just for a few days? Literally, yeah. Mm. Um, back when I was born, my mum was considered, I think, 
she used the term that her consultant called it a primate, rather right. strange term, but she was having me at 37, which uh, in the 70s wasn't really heard of. And when she got pregnant with me, they were, my mum and dad were living in Blackburn. And because of her age and being such an interesting case, her consultant, doctor, whoever, didn't want to let her go when they moved to Bury. So every Friday night, she had to drive to Blackburn Hospital and stay there until Monday morning. Right. Uh, she was allowed a pint of Guinness a day because well, she'd gone off milk. Well, the best medicine, isn't it? Well, yeah, well, she'd gone off milk. She blames me for that. Yeah. She still doesn't like it. You used to give it in hospitals, didn't you, Guinness? Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah she, well, he tried to give her um, a glass of milk and she just couldn't. So she was on a pint of Guinness, which came in handy with the running pubs. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah, she came to having me and she was forced to stay in hospital for the eight days. And I was technically born in Blackburn, even though my mum and dad lived in Bury. Bit of a trek. <laughs> you mentioned then that your mum and dad ran pubs. Yes. How was that? Because if you're a kid in that environment... I suppose on one hand, it's fantastic. You meet people, you see stuff, and it's fun. But it's there's a lot of change, isn't there? A lot of moving around. And um, I don't remember much of it. Yeah. Uh, it's more what I've been told. Um, I think it was either the, the pub in Bury or in Whitefield. They had a few ne'er-do-wells. And uh, back when they were running pubs, they had the nicknames, you know, there was... Uh, Effing Fred and Tommy Taxi and people like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I, I was the only one at probably about 18 months old or however old that stopped Effing Fred from being Effing Fred. He wouldn't swear when I was around. Ah. And everyone was like, get the child out. He's not swearing. Yeah, What's yeah, up? Yeah, yeah. They were, they, I think they quite enjoyed having some a, a child around because not quite allowed complete free reign. Yeah. Uh, but when I was out and about, I was, you know, my mum or my dad had me behind the bar. They were all quite fascinated with me, like they'd never seen a child before. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've, I remember as a child um, going into pubs quite a lot with either my granddad or my father used to have a lot of pubs. And so I didn't live in one of them, but I was there quite frequently, bobbed in and out. And you went in and they'd make a right fuss here, you know. Yeah. A lot of old guys sat at the bar and they were lovely, and it was yeah, the nice memories, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I um, one of them acquired, shall we say, a, a two foot, three foot toy monkey that scared the daylights out of me for years as a christening present. I was like, what's she going to do with it? You know, she's a, a two year old, <laughs> but they'd, they'd gone out of the way to acquire it. Uh, and donated it gladly as a, a christening present to me, and I hated it for years. It was horrible, big glass eyes that used yeah. to look at me like it was seeing through me. What does <laughs> Neil say? Because I'm assuming the monkey still sleeps with you and Neil. <laughs> uh, I exchanged the monkey for the Neil. Mm. Ah, right. <laughs> the okay. monkey is long He's gone. your monkey now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what I thought was funny when I read your notes is you said that you used to see your father get shot regularly. And yep. initially I thought... <laughs> What? But then, <laughs> when you explain, it's quite funny. So uh, yes. Um, so the, the the time that stands out the most was the very first time my mum and dad were in country and western, ah. and they had uh, they were part of a, a very small scene um, group of people that would reenact certain things, and my dad was a gambler ah. in his scene. Yeah. To which, obviously, you know, someone kicks off because someone's cheating. So, poof, 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 they all get shot. I'm sat at the bar with my mum, and I just watch my dad stand up and get shot. And I'm like, <laughs> <gasps> and I'm about five or six. I'm bawling my eyes out. Mum's like, it's all right. It's not real. And I was like, what? And then my dad gets up, and I'm like, you can get shot and come back? Yeah. Wow. And then after, I was like, oh, yeah, this happens quite a bit. So, but the first one was a, a bit of a shock. I don't yeah. think it's tainted me as a person, but... A did shock as a five-year-old to see your dad get shot. Yeah. <laughs> did they, I'm assuming they're in full regalia, dressed, and yes. did they line dance and do all that as well? And oh, there was the line dancing. My dad's been, uh, um, uh, my, my dad's surname and my previous name was Jackson, so he was Stonewall Jackson, and for half of my life, That's I was... That's a cool name, isn't it? Stonewall, yeah, Jackson. Stonewall Jackson. Stonewall Jackson. Yep, yeah, but we were just known as uh, Stonewall Jackson's wife and daughter. We, oh. we didn't have names. <laughs> um, yeah. Sounds like a lot of fun. It was, yeah. Quite a few friendships made. Quite a few people my mum and dad's age that are still yeah. very interested in what I'm up to. Where was this? We used to go down 
um, the main, it was a week a year, we'd go on holiday every October to uh, Pontins at Green Sands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you were going to say something along these lines. Yeah. 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 Um, the reenactments were done up more locally, not, uh, the Kenyan Arms. I don't even know if that's still going anymore, but. Yeah. That's where the reenactments were, but we'd go down once a uh, once a year, and you'd know all when in you're car getting... going yeehaw. Yeah, it's funny <laughs> so as you're getting closer, you sort of like you start to see all these cowboy hats and the girlie <laughs> in the back. It's like boop boop. Yeah, gunfire, and <laughs> you get closer, yeah. and the motorway is just full of cowboys. It's like if you're stuck in a, a traffic jam, everyone else is like, "What's going on? What's going on?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds like a lot of fun. You then said that again, quite surprising, is that you found out. You had a sister, half-sister, yes, 14 years old, the day before you met her kind of thing. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, my mum and dad were of the generation that family secrets weren't really spoke of much. Um, and I f- I'd, I'd heard it briefly mentioned that my dad had been married before quite young. No mention of any other children. So I'm thinking, I'm the only child, yay, yeah. this is great. And f- about 14, my mum's like, oh, I've got something to tell you. And I'm like, oh, what? And you start to think then, oh, my God, is there something going wrong? Do we have to yeah. move? Is someone lost a job? Is someone ill? And she's like, you've got a sister. It'd and just blow you away, that, wouldn't it? Like, what? Yeah, it was like somebody had hit me. It was like, mm. I've got a sister. And I was like, it's only ever been me. How, how can I suddenly have a sister? And it comes about that my dad had been married. Uh, he was married at 21. Yeah. Good Catholic boy, hence why I have yeah. a sister. Uh, I actually have two half-sisters, but I'm only in contact with one of them. But yeah, because my dad was a good Catholic boy, he was he duly married and did the right thing. Yeah. Obviously, not never meant to be. So I have two half sisters. With the sister that you met on this occasion when you're fourteen, yeah. was it pleasant? Did you get on? Were you like best mates, or was there a bit of like, "Who the hell are you?" kind of thing? I was definitely a "Who the hell are you?" I'd found right, out she yeah. knew it. she'd known about me the entire ah. fourteen years previous. Yeah, uh, yeah. She kind of a bit of a whirlwind. whirlwind. I mean, my mum only told me because my sister had managed to track my mum down. She got. I don't know if they still have them. They've got the phones in the middle of supermarkets on pillars yeah. so you can ring staff and my mum's getting a phone call. She thinks I'm in hospital or something dangerous has happened. And it's all because it's your daughter, you know, cause, yeah. but she's not my mum. Mum's like, oh my God, my daughter, my daughter. Uh, and then finds out my me, me sister planned on turning up a couple of days later and she's like, I'm going to have to tell Kelly. Yeah. How do I word that? It seems a bit strange why they didn't tell you before. Um, I'd want to know and I don't think anything... There's any reason not to say but. yeah uh, I'm sure they have the reasons yeah. unless it's because my dad was sort of maybe your dad just wanted to move on and yeah forget, he was strongly you know. encouraged to, to marry her mum <laughs> so yeah, whether that was yeah. maybe why he didn't say anything I don't yeah tell us about your work experience <laughs> yes. because I'll let you I'll let you tell us I, I broke the rules okay so uh 15-ish, no, no, many, many years ago anyway, uh, you do the work experience, you get, you used to get two weeks, I think you get a week now, and the idea is, when you've, you've chosen your options, you know what you want to do, so you do your two weeks work experience in that chosen job, I didn't know what I wanted to do, so I asked if I could do two different jobs, which through at the biggest spanner in the works are like two what do you, why two and i'm talking to my phone tutors like, well, why do you want to do two well i don't know if i like to work with kids or if i want to work in an office can you not pick one not until i've done it no. well, <laughs> that's good logic <laughs> exactly know. yeah it made perfect sense to me i've got two weeks use it how i how i yeah. see fit crazy thing is that a lot of kids you know at 14 15 <laughs> you're expected to make decisions about where your life's heading you know, I'm 48. I'm not quite sure where mine's heading. Yeah, no, I've still <laughs> no, not decided, no. you know. <laughs> no. To know we're 13, it's like, I'm still choosing, do I want ketchup on my chips, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, kids aren't going to know at that age. And I think work experience is a good idea, you know, get people to see what it's really like. And then you can think, I'm definitely not doing that for the rest of my life. <laughs> That's what I did. My first week was working with kids and it was at St. Peter and Paul's. At the yeah. uh, back of China Gardens in Bolton. Yeah. 
I think within a day, I was quite sure I never wanted to work with kids again. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, <laughs> it was like, I'm here for another four days. No. Yeah. Well, I don't have kids. Willow has two children and they're fantastic, Naomi and Carlton, but I don't have kids. And at one point, I thought about it briefly for a little while, years ago, but it's just not for me. You know, I've got friends with kids and I see them briefly and that's fine. Yeah. But <laughs> I like peace and quiet. I've got to be honest. Doesn't mean I don't love children and think they're fantastic and wonderful. But I think you've got to be honest with yourself, you know. And yeah. I just, yeah, it just wasn't for me, you know. No, and you wouldn't play. I have a, a, a daughter. Considering my first experience with kids was like four or five. I think they were eighteen to eighteen months to three year old, running around at me, covering whatever they've had for dinner, and yeah. I was like, ooh. And I thought, oh, I'm never going to have kids. Yeah. And then I've got an amazing daughter. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing, things change. But I think when there are other people's kids, I'm quite happy to well, leave them with other people. This is it. It's, <laughs> it I, I, you want to see me when if, if I go around to a friend's or see somebody that I know with kids. And for an hour or two, I'm having a great time. I'm playing yeah. in that. But then I'm knackered. And I'm thinking, can we go? Now I'm tired. Yeah. I need to get my head down. You know, it's <laughs> exhausting, isn't it? You know, but yeah, no, kids are amazing. But yeah. Full time, I don't know about that, you know. Yeah, yeah small doses. <laughs> yeah. So, with reference to Chloe, but you've been married before, Kelly? I have, yes. yes. And I'm assuming that's Chloe's dad you were married to? It was, yes, yes. Okay. That obviously didn't pan out? Uh, no, I think a little like my dad, I got married a bit too young. I think my dad may have done it out of order. I did it the right way, you know met the supposed love of my life, yeah. got engaged, moved in together, got married, had a child, did it all in the right order, did it in quite quick succession, I think within mm -hmm. about six years, uh, was married for three of them, uh, and it's, I'm not against marriage, but you do find more out about the person when you realise you're with them for life, yeah. and it didn't quite work out as the big happy marriage I would have liked it to have been I mean my mum and dad were married for 40 something years before my dad passed away so I'm expecting my marriage to be this you know wonderful yeah. loving relationship and it was far far from it have you managed to stay is it amicable he's still does I mean I'm assuming Chloe sees him and you still sort of talk uh, no we have no. no contact with him whatsoever okay. okay um but the good thing is we are still in contact with his dad and his his uh, new wife so gramps and grandma Yep. Yeah. New we, grandma. Gramps and new grandma. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Gramps and new grandma. Uh, we're still in touch with them. We've got a really close relationship with them. Uh, That's lovely. It, it's brilliant. We, we lo I lost a husband and gained a new family, and I definitely got better out of it. <laughs> what, what a nice way to look at it. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Some people stay friends. They're amicable. Other people, you know, you just have clothes, you move on and get on with it that yeah. way. I think the main thing is that there's no drama and stress. You remove that. If constant contact means that there's a lot of aggravation, that's not a good thing, you know. Yeah, he. he mm. <laughs> I'm not referring to you, though, Kelly. No, I'm yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> I know that, you know, I, I talked about it on the last show, the expression, you know, a lot of people used to stay together because of the kids and stuff. Yeah. Kids would rather be with two happy parents independently, separately, and having quality time them, rather than being with two parents together that are unhappy, miserable, Definitely. where there's a lot of falling out. That's not good. Staying together for the kids when it's a very unpleasant environment and there's a heavy energy and it's there's conflict isn't good. No, no. You know, and see, knowing where my marriage could have gone, seeing how well Chloe's come out of it from me not staying mm -hmm. married, it's, it's polar opposite. She's done wonderful. <laughs> I remember when I met her and she was at the Harmony Hub and she was doing a work experience, wasn't she? Or... Uh, she did work experience at the Healthy Indulgence. Oh, right, okay. But she volunteers at the Hub. So, yeah, Got you. She... <laughs> and she was a very confident young lady. Very. You know, properly switched on, intelligent, comfortable in her own skin. Yeah. You know, she was... At the time, I don't know, 14, 15, and she came across as a very yeah. confident 20-year-old. You know, really, really smart girl, yeah. Now, you probably know I've had Sandy on here, Sandy Hull. Yes. On, I think, two occasions now. I think I've done three shows with him, and I've just done a special video with him. It's going to get launched in about a week's time. And you 
which is a common thing with a lot of the guests because Sandy's so well known and he's been doing yeah. what he does for a long time and he's very good at it, is that with other guests, I think Roxanne McCarthy was on recently. She trained with Sandy Hope, her mum trained with Sandy Hope, and the list goes on. I could go back through the guests and one in five probably trained with Sandy at some point in life. <laughs> so did you? I did, yes. Yeah. You were, how old when you went training with him? Uh, about 18. I... This definitely isn't still the Bolton Bruiser nickname. Uh, no, no. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was one of those I needed. Um, it was actually before I met uh, my husband, but it was, well, my ex-husband uh, needed the confidence boost. Yeah. And when you, you ask friends, oh, who, who shall I go to? Where can I go? I want to do something like boxing or kickboxing. I can't remember who, but someone said, oh, God, Sandy's. He's yeah. brilliant. Yeah. And I did that for a couple of years and I absolutely loved it. And the respect I've got for him is... Yeah. I mean, even now, 20-odd years later, I still buy why if I see him in the street, you know. It, yeah. Until I did the shows with him, I knew of Sandy. I'd met him a few times as well. I'd spoke to him, but didn't really know him. And then I did the shows with him and, yeah, what a guy. Yeah. You know, it, really is a special guy. You know, I have a lot of respect yeah, for Sandy. He's larger than life, but I don't think mm. there's anything he's not done. Yeah, <laughs> this is it. Movies and world records and yep. world titles and you name it, Sandy's done it, you know. The thing with Thai boxing and certain sports where there's combat where you're training, so boxing, Thai boxing, kickboxing, MMA, jiu-jitsu, judo, karate, kung fu, any of these things. Yeah. You get so much more than the actual sport, you yeah. know. You gain discipline confidence and interpersonal skills you're obviously going to get fit as well you feel yep. good your energy levels go through the roof there's it's so much more when a lot of kids go to sandy you know some of them train they're never going to be in competition some might but a lot don't but they get so much more out of it they come away and you know and also they learn the discipline part where maybe you do like know how yeah. to punch and kick but you don't use it as it's a last resort yeah it's it's strange to think you go and you learn how to kick someone and punch someone and you, Sandy teaches with elbows and knees, but obviously you're not allowed to use it and it's all, you know, you have a little license, it's like a little passport. Yeah. And it, you'll come in and you, trained with um, a couple, I don't know if they're still his instructors, but uh, Jussie Lowe and Craig Fitzsimmons. Yep. And they make a laugh and a joke about it. It's like, oh yeah, we're going to teach you how to do this and there's flying kicks and I mean, not that I could do them because I'm not, Never was at that level, but you learn all these things and think, oh, wow, I'm going to go out. And then they've got, and you can't use them out past this door. And you're like, what? What? Yeah. And then you sort of get into it. And like you said, it, for me, it was less about the exercise and more about the discipline and the confidence that came with it. It's, yeah. you, you go into something with one reason, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go out and do this. And it's all self defense and I'm going to be amazing. I'm going to be like a little superwoman. And then you come out and be like, actually, no, I really just quite like the discipline from it and yeah. the hard work. And, and, when you're doing a, a sport of this kind, also you exert yourself to this level and afterwards I feel elated. All the stress has gone out of my system, you know, any yeah. anxiety's gone. You feel good. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And it, it's something that stays with you. It's a bit like riding a bike. You do um doing currently Zoom exercises. And the lady who teaches them should be like, Oh, the next one's like you do a reverse lunge with a kick and I my hands go up in like Guard position yeah. straight away, and I'm like, oh. like, who are you fighting with? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, it's it's strange how it stays with you. Like some of the things are still there, and they just happen automatically. And it's so lodged deep because it was it was that that was it was more about the how you defend yourself rather than doing the kicking and the punching. Yes, very ingrained. <laughs> Kelly, tell us yes, how <laughs> many. <laughs> tell us how many. Dogs, you boarded guide dogs. This is remarkable. Uh, yes, uh, boarded for guide dogs. We uh, we boarded twenty seven guide dogs. One of those was a return offender. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we we had twenty seven dogs, and it was in about it was just short of seven years. How did this come about? Um, you know how how do you suddenly start having dogs arriving at your house? What happened? Uh, my, my daughter always wanted a, a dog, and uh, she was about. Oh, I think she was about eight or nine. We'd gone into Sainsbury's and guide dogs were doing a collection. Um, one of the gentlemen there was a, a partially sighted gentleman with his his guide dog. Yeah. So which, you know, as all kids do, makes a beeline for the dog. And she, it, 
gorgeous German Shepherd and she's all over it. She's cuddling it and she's stroking it and this dog's lapping it up. And this guy's like, oh, you, you are suggesting my, my daughter's just harassing your dog. I'll move her if you like. Went, no, 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 it's fine. It's, it's not working. And he said, does she want it? Have you got pets? I was like, no, but she would love her dogs. But I work too much. And he's like, have you ever considered boarding? Boarding? Yeah. For guide dogs. He's like, yeah, you can do that. I went, yeah, I went, oh, I've got to have them for a year. No, 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 that's puppy walking. You can do boarding. It's only short since, two or three months, and we don't have them all day. It's like, oh, okay, mm. I like the idea of this. So looked into it a little bit, and a couple of months later, I went through all the vetting process. And, you know, so, you've, you know, what hours do you work? So obviously, if I was working nights, it'd be silly. If I was working shifts, what days can you have them? As it happens, we're doing a, a good nine to five, so. Yeah. The hours fit and suitable garden, you know, the space downstairs. Because they come with come with some, they're not silly rules for a, a trainee guide dog, but they're not allowed upstairs and they can't have free roam of your house, so you've got to have a kitchen door. And Yeah, yeah. So we passed all that. Uh, a month or so later, we got our very first guide dog, Hattie, who we affectionately nicknamed Batty Hattie. Yeah. Who, When she got excited, her tail would spin like a little helicopter. She <laughs> She was absolutely lovely. Uh, and then we had our second dog, Inca. Inca Stinker. So right. I'll, I'll try and yeah. share this with the, the gentleman. Uh, so Inca has a very special place in our heart, as some do. Some dogs I would happily be like, here's your dog back. Yeah. I'll see you next week. And some dogs are like, what do you mean they're going on training? Can I keep them a bit longer? Uh, and Inca was one of those. Uh, nice name. We, yeah, mm. he was a gorgeous dog in uh, in the ugliest manner. Uh, he was a cross uh, German, retrie- uh, German Shepherd and Golden Retriever. Yeah. So this big gangly brindle-coloured dog comes out. He's, he looks a little bit like an overly tall, skinny Retriever. But he's got this German Shepherd face and these pretty great big ears that you'll never prick up like a German Shepherd should. Yeah. And I was like, oh, God, what's this? And he was lovely. He wouldn't get in the car because he was terrified. He was too big to fit in my boot. I had to put the back seat down. And he really, he really grew on me. He was lovely. Um, he, when he sits down, when he sat down, he accidentally let a little bit of the wind out. Hence the Inca stinker. Ah, um, yeah. He was lovely, and he happened to go back to the gentleman who got us into boarding. So. That same guy? The same guy, oh. yeah. Usually uh, we board it for the dogs Allerton. And I think uh, it's somewhere, I think Leicestershire is where uh, the the breeding centre is or somewhere. And they get, usually get sent quite far away. So they, they can be bred in Leicester, I think it is, uh, train at Allerton. And then they can go to Nottingham for their advanced training. And that's where they'll meet their... their blind person where they will be partnered up like like a dating site yeah uh but inca stayed at atherton because he'd been specifically because of height and stride breeded for a, a rather tall gentleman yeah. and yeah he went back to the guy we we boarded who got that, us into it it was brilliant that's a beautiful thing you did there kelly and yeah. this was when you're in your late tw- mid to late 20s when you were doing this uh yeah, right? um uh, yeah probably uh, coming up it's probably just after early 30s, I think, started it because we only right. finished a couple of years ago. It, yeah. I, I love them, but it got just a touch too much. <laughs> I remember when I was younger, I used to call them blind dogs yeah. instead of guide dogs. And blind dogs for the guides. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I used to always get it wrong. Yeah. yeah. I've done that many a time myself. <laughs> At this point, Kelly, you then talk about struggling with mental health. You're in sort of 30, early 30s, and then you're struggling. Tell us a bit about that. Uh, yeah, mental health, um, I think it's something that never really goes once you start with it. Yeah. Uh, but it's how you handle it and cope with it. Uh, I started with it as a teen, around a, the time we, my sister Appeared. Uh, rocked up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> In old big, hi, I'm your sister, kind of. That that was sort of the start of it. Uh, didn't have a clue what depression was. I just suddenly went in. I didn't want to speak to people. Yeah. I was never outgoing at school anyway, so you know, but even less friends. Uh, the stress of leaving school. You go to the doctor at sixteen, seventeen. Like I don't know, what, I don't know what I'm doing. I feel sad all the time. 
I'll take these pills. And it became kind of became a regular thing. Every three or four years, something had hit. I'll take these pills, take these pills. And it was about to, late 20s, early 30s, I was like, I can't keep going for pills. Yeah. It's just, it, it's not good enough. You, you're on waiting lists for counselling for months on end. Yeah. And I kind of just started to realise the triggers. What, you know, were they particularly, was it just a bad day? Was it a bad week? Was it something in particular? And you kind of start, I started to learn what it was that would trigger it. So it's like, right, if I've had two or three bad days, what can I do to get myself out of this? Because I know I'm on that that slope and if I go down any further, I'm just going to sit there yeah. for months on end. It's catching yourself, isn't it? Recognising the signs and thinking, yeah. oh, I, I really don't feel good. Okay, pause, just pause and try and become conscious and aware of what's happening. Yeah, you, there's, you can have a, everyone can have a bad day. It doesn't mean you're sinking into depression. It doesn't mean you, you're going to go down that slope. But you kind of know if it's two or three days later or if it's a week later, you think, I felt like this on and off quite a bit recently that's when yeah. it's oh this isn't right what can I do and then that's usually when I, I do you know the bubble baths and the face packs and the pampers I'll yeah. try and get out go for a walk um yeah you, you, when you catch it you know your own triggers if you struggle with it yeah and Th that's when I do the skinny dip in. The <laughs> I'm just teasing <laughs> but, um, if that's what works and gets you yeah. out of it you do it I I know because I've had two nervous breakdowns. I've been ill, and in a way, once you've once that's happened, you learn from it and you start yeah. to recognise things and you get better at it. Doesn't mean it won't happen again, and but you develop try and spot the signs early on and develop like a bit of a toolkit yeah. so you can put yourself back together again. You know what works for you and Definitely. get yourself back on track. I still, you know, I think I'm doing okay, and then I'll have a few days and. I might have a bit of a wobble, I might not be feeling good. Uh, but I think once it's happened, it's easier for it to happen again, but it's a yeah. lot easier because you learn from it to put yourself back together again as well. So it's, yeah, it's just learning to manage it really, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. I know for, for me personally, the triggers are usually small things. Yeah. Uh, I know it's on, um, I think I was due a, a review, I don't know if I was coming off, antidepressants and my dad went into hospital with um an abdominal aortic aneurysm and my dad was one of them oh it come on it on it'll go on it on and he realized he was having a bad back couldn't go to the toilet and when i should have been at my worst and my lowest i'm going for this review with my doctor and i'm like it's fine i've stepped up i'm taking my mum here and my daughter there and we're doing this and he's like do you need to be coming off them and i was like but I'm feeling, I should be feeling worse. He went, why should you? He said, y you've clearly kicked into a mode that's working for you. Yeah. You know, and it, that was when it's the little things that get me down. So weirdly, the bigger things, I, I kind of come into another mode and I can get through it. Yeah. I suppose if a big thing happens, you, you see it coming. The little things, unless you become very aware of your, yourself and how you feel, you don't see them the subtle yeah, and they, they tend to build up and it, there's that last straw and then that's the one that does it. Whereas I think if it's a big hit, something else mm -hmm. comes in and you're like, I've got to deal with this. I've no time no time to be sad, no time to get, I've got to get on with it. And at the time I was the only one driving, so I was doing the hospital trips. I was rounding my mum up, getting my daughter to and from school. <laughs> it's like, if anything, it yeah. should be me sat at home now, crying my eyes out, struggling. And I'm like, come on, chaps, rally on, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you don't realise your strengths until you're put in a situation where you need to use them. You know, you just sort of, you'd be surprised that people that generally day to day might not seem that strong, when they, I'll swear, but when the shit hits the fan, yeah. people you expect to stand up don't always, and people that are in the background come out of nowhere and guide you through a situation. You never quite know. Definitely. It's strange to think something good came of my dad being quite ill. I mean, yeah. he, he'd gone in with a, a bad back and couldn't wee, and two days later he's getting a stent fitted. We're dragging a consultant and surgeon off his golfing holiday, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Next part of your journey, Kelly. Yes. Again, still not the Bolton Bruiser. I can't believe it. It's not because of Thai boxing. It's not no. because of weightlifting. Yes. Now, looking at you, you know, you 
clearly, you know, you look healthy and fit, but I wouldn't have had you down as a weightlifter. No, it's a bit of a, a shock, isn't it? Yeah. And <laughs> this kind of thing, when you take on a new sport, like with Thai boxing and now with weightlifting, you can really help your mental health, can't it? It can, definitely. Um, it, another, I need to get fit. I need to do this, you know, one of those thoughts. And uh, it was through uh, a strongman competition that I wasn't taking part in uh, that I found, uh, met a guy who does PT. And he's one of them, you know, he's like six foot four, built like a brick house. If he stands in a doorway, you don't need to shut the door, you know. Yeah. Absolute pussycat. And it was, my father-in-law, oh, you can train with him. Right, so yeah, you know, get added on Facebook. And he, for months and months, he's sending me requests. Oh, do, do, do you want to come and train? Do you want to come and train? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I've just got to fit it in. And it took about four or five months and then I rocked up and I'm in this big, big backstreet manly gym. You know, lots of big hurly burly men grunting and growling in the corner. You know, not not your normal gym where they're all preening. You know, they're all in there like, and I'm like, yeah, oh like my a, God. A sweat box kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And I'm walking in, go, what am I doing here? Oh my God, I've made a mistake. And I was like, well, it's all right. I, I've paid for one session. It's the, the test, tester session. I'm all right. And I absolutely loved it. I loved it. And as the training went on, I stuck with it for about four or five years. And I loved rocking into these big manly gyms with these big grunting men. As little old five foot me, you know. With your tutu on. With yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> going in all, ah, yeah, you know, yeah. nothing like anybody else. And I'm going in. And these guys are watching essentially like what looks like, a, you know, oh, She's only a little woman. What's she doing? And I'm not lifting the weights that they can lift, but I'm managing to do it without the grunting, without the fuss. Like a lady. Yeah. <laughs> a lifting like a lady. Yeah, it was really good. And I loved it. There's a couple of times some of the guys were like, oh my God, look at her. Thing is, with, with it lifting and with, with any major competition, they do it in CrossFit now and stuff. A lot of the comps are what they call like pound for pound, where it's, it's relative to your body weight. So you yeah. can have these big guys that lift this weight, but a little guy can win the competition because he's only nine stone and proportional to his body weight, he can lift only half what they lift, but yeah. they're more than double his body weight, you know, this kind of thing. It was more about personal bests because there was a small weightlifting competition that I took part in. I'd been training for four months and thought I'd join in and do it for charity. Total newbie. <laughs> and how did you get on? Well, there was three ladies and I came third. Right. But the fact that you entered it, obviously, to enter that competition, these ladies can all lift weights, can't they? They can. They've probably trained a lot longer than four months. They had. They've been training quite a while, um, as in two or three years. I'd been doing four months. I think I'd started in the May, and this competition was running the August. I talked recently on the last show, I think it was. might have been the show before. I'd seen this picture, and it, it tells you everything you need to know about sport. And there's three kids on a podium. And the kid in second place has got his head down like this. And you can see he's like, you know, so down and depressed. And the kid in third place is going, yes, like that, fist pump in the air. And he's just delighted, you know, it doesn't matter whether you come second, third, fifth. You compete, you do your best. And, you know, that... In a comp- just competing in a competition of any level is, you know, that's that's some achievement. Definitely, and it it gave me the boost to stay training because there were so many people. It wasn't, you know, so, some of the other ladies were, you know, it was just plate on plate on plate on the end of these bars, and I'm here with a bar and two biscuits, as my PT would call them. I'm like, I'm just not up to their level, but everyone was behind me as if I was lifting exactly the same as the other ladies. Yeah, yeah, and it, just the the spirit behind it. The, the thing is, if you told people you came third but didn't tell me there was only three in it, they'd no, think yeah. you're a podium finisher anyway. <laughs> they, you know, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, definitely. Well-earned drink at the end of that, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so you've started weightlifting, you've had mental health issues, the weightlifting helps with that, and then you yeah. take a bit of a change in direction and you become a massage therapist at this point. Is that Have I got that right? I stepped into it more. Um, when I was 30, I did a course in uh, body massage, Swedish massage, did it at Bolton College, stumbled upon it because I was wanting to change jobs, 
What were you doing before that? I was doing an office job. I was a receptionist. So predominantly office work up till 30? Office work up until about six years ago. Ah. But at 30, I was looking for another job and did one like an inkblot test, inkblot test for uh, recruitment. Yeah. So there was no wrong answer, but it gave you suggestions on what your answer was to what your career could be. And it came mm. up with receptionist and oh, I'm doing that, don't like it retail i could never be one of those women or shop workers that's can i help you can i yeah. help you and it's like no mm. or stripper on oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> health worker retail assistant yeah, or stripper, stripper. Yeah. yeah uh and the other two choices were um beauty slash massage therapist or counselor yeah which are both things that you sort of are and can uh, do very well yeah, yeah. It, so I, I retrained but never had the big girl boots to say, right, I'm ditching this job and I'm going to go and do it and go alone. And then um, about 30, 35, 36, I retrained and did uh, sports massage. Absolutely loved it. The Swedish massage is not for me. I call it yeah. the arty-farty massage. Yeah, and yeah, I'm, yeah, and yeah. I'm sorry if there's any... It's just like <laughs> this, isn't it? Like, <laughs> doing it? I'm like, well, I can't even feel it. Yeah, I'm sure if the Swedes do it, it's right. Mm. If we do it, it's just not as good. But sports, I can get in there. I can use my elbows, my forearms. It, it, yeah. it gives me hands a rest because it's really taxing on hands, fingers and wrists. Mm. I've had a, a massage with somebody at their bars like this and they stood on my back. I've had that... <laughs> A few times. I've when I last Not went from me though. No. <laughs> when I've had a Ayurvedic massage off Claire, a friend of mine. I've had a lot of sports massages at S and B Sports Massage, which yeah. is Danny runs that now. But various massages. Whenever I go on holiday, the last time I went to Mexico, I had two one hour massages every single day for sixteen days. Wow, get in. Oh yes. I was in heaven. Did they have to on the scrape beach. you and pop you yeah, back on yeah, the plane. Yeah. <laughs> on the beach in a hut. Yeah. And the last the last time I had a massage, again, I asked the therapist, I said, Luke, can I have two on the bounce? And they all usually go, uh, no, 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 no. And then I said, Luke, I'll pay you. For, just tell me what you want. Usually agree to do it. And I end up getting a two and a half, three hour massage, you know. I've heard, I've heard that there's a place you can go, and I think it's in the Maldives, where they do a 12 hour massage. They swap therapists every two hours. 12 yeah. hour massage. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> you're looking relaxed at the thought oh, of I'm going to get one of those babies before I die yeah. so my, bi my business brain's going might I need another 11 people <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I know max massage you have to be quite fit and strong to do it and if you don't have the right posture and stuff it'll do you in you need to you know things like if you're leaning over, you need to position yourself correctly and things like this yeah, don't you? Um, I did a, a massage on a lady who does healing moves at the hub and she's it, she she relaxes, but a little bit of her is fascinated. She's like, it's like you're dancing around me. She, I can tell you're moving, and I can't see you. Mm. And when you do massage, strangely, for the first couple of weeks, you sort of taught how to fold the towels, how to cover up a client up. You know, you, you don't get into the massage for the first couple yes. of weeks. And one of them, you taught how to stand, and it's a little bit like Tai Chi, because if like say if you're not stood right, you, your back goes, your legs yeah. ache. If you're not using your hands and your, your um, arms right, mm. you can get shoulder ache, wrist ache, if, stomach. If you're exerting force, but you're you're not postured correctly, so you, your turning moments, using the technical term, aren't correct, yeah. it can apply a lot of pressure on your lower back and stuff. And you, you'll be knackered, won't it, you? Yeah. You know, <laughs> do you? Yeah. Um, I did work in a, a spa hotel for a while and... Me and one other lady, we actually went to college together and we're, we're stood there with the straight back and the flowing arms and watching all these others and they're, they're leaning over and the bed's up here. And I how, yeah. are you, how is that not hurting? And we're in pain just watching them. Yeah. Yeah. I know I've had a lot of massages and some people might say that's very extravagant and luxurious and not necessary and opulent and this kind of thing. But, I mean, lots of people spend money out there, go shopping in, I don't know, Hugo Boss, Zara and all these places, they do this, they'll spend money on very expensive meals and buy all this tech and yeah. what have you. And I don't do any of those things, so I think it's Mass quite... Massage isn't opulent. It's, it shouldn't be... It's it necessary. Be, yeah, yeah. It's, it's so beneficial mentally and physically. It's so much more than a, a spa day with, a, with your, your, you know, your pals. It's not... Yeah. Yes, you can have them because it's a treat, but just... It, it's the physical touch can do so much for you, you know, um, the mentally it's 
I get a lot of clients. It's like being on a, a counsellor's couch. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. You start releasing knocks and suddenly, you know, arguments with husbands and partners is coming out and, you know, children doing your head in and you've had a dispute with the neighbour for the last four years and yeah, yeah. it all comes out because you, well, you when, physically hold on to it. When people are relaxed, when the tension leaves the system, stores all the negative thoughts and everything. And if, if they're Definitely. in a comfortable environment, if they're, you know, with you and you're talking to them, they feel at ease, they'll probably all just start pouring out, won't it? yeah. Then you'll go home thinking, God, put the telly on. <laughs> Somebody make me a brew. Well, yeah. I used to do. But um, I I trained and I'm sure we'll come along in a, a minute or so. But I did NLP. Yeah. Uh, and it was so I could give back an answer to people who were going, what should I do? You know, my life's in bits. My husband's that. My wife's this. And it was getting very hairdressery. No offence to hairdressers. But it was you can only say so much. You can go, oh, that's a shame. Oh, well, have you tried... I can't mm. keep giving these. No, I think it helps responses. if somebody talks just to get it out helps. Yeah, you know. But if you can actually give a bit of feedback, positive feedback, or you know, have something to say as well, that's that's better. But I, I do know just quite often you can talk to somebody and they've got no answers for you. But yeah. just getting it out's good. Good, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, obviously that's that's why it led to the NLP because yeah, people they just open up. I mean. A part of me is tempted to write a book and obviously wouldn't be, well, I don't know half the names of the people, but just the, the stories and the tales that people come out with. I mean, there's a, a woman who was getting divorced and she was taking her husband for everything, but she wasn't telling him, you know. Yeah. Like I said, disputes with neighbours, people going through cancer treatment that are still coming in for treatments because depending on how, what, where and when, they can still have treatment and everything that comes out. It's yeah. Tell us a bit... We're not going to this too much. Now, anybody that's watched this show knows that I have to bite my lip a bit when we talk about COVID and <gasps> um, swear words. Yeah, <laughs> I don't agree with what we're being told. I think there's big holes in it. I don't agree with how it's being yeah. managed. I, there's lots of things I don't agree with, but we're not going to do all that because I've done mm -hmm. shows on it. Just maybe tell us since all this happened. I mean, I'm assuming it's had a, a big impact on. Uh, you know, your yeah, work life. Huge yeah. impact, uh, obviously, because the, the man in charge uh, has decided that close contact services, under which mine falls, aren't allowed to go ahead. Yeah. Um, and my belief is we probably need that more now than ever. I agree. Human contact Human is so contact, important. Human yeah. contact, physical touch. And it, it's the, the dopamine and the um, oxytocin that gets released from just physical touch. Mm. Uh, I've done, as, as part of being at the spa, we did cancer treatments, massage for cancer patients. And obviously, if they've had certain cancers and lymph nodes removed, you can't massage that area, so you can just apply touch. And just that touch alone can be just as beneficial as the massage without the massage and yeah, yeah. just the, the mental and physical benefits that people are missing out on massage reiki nlp are all things that you've learnt, and they're yes. all things that you use the skills to help others they are yeah um i mean do you know if you've come in for a massage me with me you'll get the massage obviously you get blasted with reiki whether you like it or not yeah uh, I don't I don't know if you can turn the Reiki off or choose not to use it. I don't. I would happily let Reiki flows where Reiki goes and yeah. I, I trust it knows what it's doing. Obviously, the NLP, if someone comes in and they're in a low place, I'm not going to... I feel it's my duty because of the amount that people talk about that bothers them. It's my duty to leave them feeling mentally as good as they do physically and energetically. I yeah. work with all three. It's like a tri therapy. Whichever one of the three you come in with, or to book in for, you get the other two. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's, it's like a, a bit like a three for one. You know, you're like, yeah, you you come in for a massage, but I'm gonna rake it the crap out of you. <laughs> NLP, you will walk out here smiling. It will be fine. <laughs> it seems that with COVID and the guidelines that they've been pumping out the television, that a great number of healing practices, you know, you can get pills prescribed, but the ones that don't involve pills, the holistic therapies, have all been hit very hard because they involve contact, they involve human-to-human yep. -human interaction, and the advice is that, you know, that's all to stop. And again, I don't agree with it. I think it's a big mistake. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, it, it, people need it. Yeah, yeah. It's... I mean... <sighs> 
will will not <laughs> will not go there. We talked about this before the show, and yeah, more for me than you. That if I start getting on one, that you would uh, just mention it, and I'd slow down a bit. So we'll not we'll not go there with COVID. Everybody's fed up of hearing it. Yes. I haven't watched the news in months. I don't turn the television on anymore. You turn the television on, there's noise coming out of it. If it ain't making you feel good, turn it off. Go outside, spend some time in nature, you know. Kelly, you did say that when you first started doing massage that you went back to a strongman competition. Yes. And you were giving massages out for free. I was. um, I, I had been fresh out of college and fresh past four days. I'd finished on the Tuesday. No, the Monday, so it was six days. And you finished wanted to on get your hands Monday. on some men's muscles and this was a good opportunity. It, <laughs> <laughs> it sounds so glamorous. In reality, it was not so. No. Um, it was a baking hot summer, start of July. Uh, Strongman comp in the middle of Bolton Town Centre. In, I don't even know, the, outside of the town hall. And I'm set up there with me, me bed and I've offered massage free for the organizer because he i'd noticed watching others that he didn't have someone there and obviously if you're doing all that you know lifting and pushing and shoving of which there was like an army truck and an army gun you know not not small things yeah you you may just need a little bit of a a muscle release in some form when you've finished competing uh and one of the guys who are a massage ended up being my pt for a while and it was wasn't one of my better business ideas, but I'm glad I jumped straight in at the deep end because yeah. it made me think twice about it. When you've got huge, great, big guys that are as wide across as they are tall, you need paying more, don't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, if I was to do that again, I would definitely charge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but watching these, huge, you know, it, the beds aren't particularly tiny but watching these huge men and arms are dangling off I'm like how can I massage it on it's not even on the bed what can I do but yeah learning curve very very steep learning curve (laughs) we'll mention briefly the Harmony Hub and Liz I used to go up there a lot obviously I've not been for a while now but beautiful place uh, a healing centre lots of lovely ladies and and men that go there drumming circles meditation Classes, courses, massage, uh, biscuits as you go Bis- in and oh a yeah, cup of biscuits. tea. Very That's small. Top of the list, biscuits and tea. Yeah. <laughs> Only a small place, but yeah. beautiful energy, wonderful place. And, and Liz Whittle, what, uh, what a beautiful lady. Yeah, definitely. You know. When I first met her, she comes across, she pervades peace she oozes peace. It's like she's a Buddhist nun. She's she's not, but you would think so when you met her. Yeah, she's she's just such an, an, an astounding woman. Mm. She's done so much, and I've learned these things over the, the six years of being with her. But my initial impression was, wow, she's a grand Reiki master. Oh my god, you know she moves so elegantly. Because um, we first met at a well-being day. Yeah. And we were both therapists there. Uh, and like I said, initial thought was, oh my God, she's this grand Reiki woman and she's all chakra and crust, like crystals and beads and magic. And I'm there, I'm just sticking my elbow in people. I'm like, I am well out of my, you know, yeah. this is not. And as it happens, we uh, we actually get on really well. Uh, her graceful moves, I've nicknamed Reiki Size. Yeah. Um, she laughs at, at me when I'm doing some of my massage moves. She calls them the Awimba ways, like the, uh, uh, oh, I can't remember the song, the Lion Sleeps Tonight. Yeah. Um, type fit. Type that, yes. <laughs> yeah, she she giggles at my Awimba ways and I giggle at her Reiki size. And yeah, yeah she, from there we've just built this wonderful friendship. And uh, around the time we met, she was just creating the hub. It had become an almost physical manifest thing. It had been, I think, a, a plan on paper and in her, her mind for a while. And she was in need of therapists. And we, well, it's from there, you know. Yeah, yeah, everything just <laughs> fell am, into place. I am part of the hub. I am mm. I'm one of the few original therapists that's still there. I'm part of the fixtures and fitting. Yeah. It's such a, a small place and... 
if people get the chance to go at some point when circumstances permit, I'd highly recommend it. Beautiful place. Definitely. It's yeah. it's a small building with a, a huge heart. It it drinks you in, it takes you in and it wraps you up. And that's without the people. The people just add to it, the therapists and the people, the volunteers. It's yeah. just a, a beautiful, beautiful building. I used to go up sometimes and just have a cup of tea and a biscuit and sit around and just natter to the ladies. The yep. you know, ladies usually a bit older than me and, and uh, <laughs> I have a right giggle with them. You know, it's great. Yes, around the corner, Glynis, I think you're a, you're a favourite of hers. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I remember her. She said, I'll walk, I'll walk. And Liz went, are you sure I'll give you a lift? And she said, no, no, I'll walk, I'll walk. She said, well, I'll give you a lift if you want. She said, okay. Yeah, there was no pause, was there? <laughs> no, she just wanted a lift. Yeah. Now, you wrote a letter to the universe or the moon, Kelly. I, Tell us about yeah. that. It was a, a lady on the NLP course. So it's obviously you, you when you go do these courses, you work through your own crap. And in one of the breaks, I was particularly struggling with something. And one of the girls was like, "Have you tried writing a letter to the moon?" I was like, "No, why?" Of course I have. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm still learning these spiritual yeah. things. I'm like, I've heard of asking the universe for stuff that I can do. No problem. But I thought writing a letter to the moon—that's a bit bonkers. I'm not, I'm not that spiritual yet. And she was like, there's a new moon coming up. Mm. And I remember it. It was the 16th of April, new moon. And she's like, write a letter to the moon, put in it what you want, burn it, let it go. I thought, right, I'm going to get in the right the right space, the right mind frame. So I did the hope, hope, no, hope, hope, no, no, the, the Hawaiian prayer. Say that again, <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> Hope, 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 no, no. Yeah. I have to think about that, otherwise it just comes out and sounding like a telly to be like, hope, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, so I, I cleared a lot of stuff from doing that and I wrote out uh, this letter to the moon. And a word to the wise, if you're going to do it, be specific, because I asked for tall, dark and handsome and got <laughs> six foot seven. <laughs> yeah, I should have put a limit on the height. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I so... I, I write my letter on the 16th of April. I burn it. And I could I just, you know, universe, give us a nudge if this is right and I'm not bonkers. And then on the 15th, uh, well, yeah, 15th of uh, May, yep. a couple of days before maybe, I'd been on a, 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 a sort of website. What? Oh, what's it called? Tinder. I can't yes. think what the, the, okay. the Tinder. And I'd, I'd met, I'd spoken to this guy about six months before. And for whatever reason, the, the conversation just fell apart on my end. And if anyone's spiritual will get it, you get this mental nudge mm -hmm. of you've not done something. Oh, what have I not done? Get on Tinder. I'm, like, I'm coming off Tinder. It, it's I've never been on it. You're not missing much. Yeah. <laughs> There's one called Grinder as well, isn't there? Uh, yes, that's for, uh, I believe that's for gay people. Grinder you can't write into papers anymore with your little uh, little box number for who you want to get chatting to. So it's <laughs> it's done on the uh, web now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was getting this. Notice I didn't say I'd never done that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just. Yeah. I thankfully wasn't old enough. I got the internet side mm. of it. Uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm sat at one of my daughter's dance lessons. She's tapping away, and I'm sat as dance mum, and I'm thinking, what have I not done? And I'm getting this nudge to go on Tinder. So I go on and I reply to him and apologise for the, the six months without speaking to him. And we we just start chatting. And I'm thinking, this, nah, this can't be the letter to the moon thing. It can't be. You know, I'm, I'm completely oblivious. And as it goes on, we get chatting. And we arrange to make a, a date. And it happens that our first date was on the May new moon. Yeah, yeah. So it was like, right, so that's the universe going, yeah, you're not completely bonkers. You, you wrote a letter, this yeah. is what happened. You're manifesting. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just need to be more specific. Well, yeah. <laughs> I follow the cycles of the moon avidly, right down to the time. Like, you know, if it's the first quarter and it's one minute past nine at nine, I'll be aware, I'll set an alarm, and I'll be very aware of what I'm doing at that time. And I feel massive shifts in... My energy levels and mood, yeah. depending on whether it's a new moon, first quarter, last quarter, full moon, etc. You know, a massive impact on me. I can feel it. You know, the moon's important. Yeah, yeah. That's that's something I've noticed more in later life in the recent years, and obviously with all the 
Mm. Big, you know, the super moons and the planetary alignments. When a moon waxes and wanes and full and new, yes, it completely throws me. And I think it was uh, August or September, I think, last last year. It might have been October, actually, because my daughter was at uni. I was wide awake at about half past three. And I set about doing my business filing. I was quite, I was like, I might as well be pro- proactive. And I think it, like some, like an 18, 19 hour day, I was shattered by the end of it. But yeah. I I get up at half three, four o'clock every morning, you know, and it's just when I wake <laughs> up, I'm in bed for nine. And even if I wake up at three, I've got six hours, you know. Um, I, if I get up at four o'clock, that's seven hours, that's loads. Oh, I'm, I mean, need to be in bed by 10 and I think wake up about 8. Well, <laughs> My yeah. age is playing on my sleep at the minute. I'm getting as much as I can. I, I, there was a period where I could sleep, you know, I, I, I like lying in the morning if I could. and But I, I'm just passionate about what I do. You know, yeah. I'm happy. And so I wake up and I bounce out of bed like a kid. I'm like, hey, okay, let's do this. You know, <laughs> um, so it's good. Yeah. I wish I could do that. I, d- I can <laughs> I get rudely awoken by my cat. Yes, yeah. she she dictates when it's breakfast time and when the rest of the household is getting up. She's in charge. <laughs> yeah. So you actually went to work for yourself. Yes. In twenty twenty, days before the first sort of lockdown came in. Is that right? Yeah, uh, I'd been self-employed part time for a while because obviously, if you, you you go from admin to holistic, there's not a a backlog of clients is not a back catalog you can go through so start small and I thought you know 2020 new year yeah this is the year I'm going to go mm. all out I handed my notice in on the 1st of March and by the 21st of March it wasn't looking like things in the world were going to go particularly in my way and I think the 23rd we locked down yeah <laughs> And I hadn't quite worked my four weeks notice, so I technically started full employ, uh, full self employed, uh, around about the thirtieth of March, yeah. when I couldn't actually do anything. Yeah, but, yeah. But you know, I I did what I could. Again, an, another steep learning curve. These things are there. Yeah. I took stretches onto my Facebook page using my very stretchy, dancey daughter, which was probably not the best. Uh, example to use having to get to pull in her stretches you know like right can you t- stretch and switch your toes no 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 right come back a bit come back a bit don't look yeah. like, don't make it look so easy these people can't do that yeah. <laughs> i think quite often in life something significant happens and at the time it can seem terrible or the end of the world in some cases but certainly you just think why me why now what's happening this kind of thing few years later you look back with perspective and clarity and you think ah and quite often what seems like the end of the world can instigate or be the start of something quite beautiful that you can't see at the time definitely most um i've I've, past few years i've realized that most things when the crap hits the fan and things are looking like it's you know you you're going down nothing's going right it's usually after those events something good happens And seeing that happen a few times, it kind of keeps me going through the crap stuff because I know that good will come of it. And yes, COVID's not brilliant. It's, you know, impacted hugely. But if you can start a business in the midst of a lockdown and keep it going, it can only flourish when the world gets back to normal. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. On my questions, Kelly, at the end, I always like to ask everybody this if I can. What's next for Kelly? Well, I'm moving what I can online. Yeah. Uh, I have, uh, I'm I'm in the midst of making a membership group uh, on Facebook. So you get sort of access all areas to my NLP, Reiki, massage. Those those are the things I've officially trained in. But then there's meditation. There's just life experience. It's, you know, being able to get, yeah, I've been there, done that. Trust me, there's the other side. I've got a, a little workshop I'm planning. I've got five day workshop for right. goal setting and yeah. goal kicking, as in the good get you get it and you've you've done it. Mm. So yeah, get the builders in, lift the ceilings in the house. Yeah, <laughs> is, that, is that happening? <laughs> Luckily, I'm in a um, 
1900s house, so the the ceilings ceilings are quite Ah, high, although you just still have to duck for doorways. (laughs) doorways. Well, a a doorway is 6'6", isn't it? It is, yeah. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) We've got, uh, I've got double doors that lead into my kitchen and we've got a little heart that says carryad, which is Welsh for love. And if he's headbutted it once, he's headbutted it about a thousand times. (laughs) (laughs) Kelly Ainsworth, NLP practitioner, Reiki master, masseuse, former weightlifter, massage therapist, Thai boxer, (laughs) um, a lady of many talents. I'm really glad you came on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure and... You brought your sunshine into the studio with you. Thank, Thank you. you. I have loved being here. When you first asked me and I said yes, and then I panicked, went, what am I going to talk about? <laughs> I've actually realised I've done quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> Quite a lot to be proud of. An hour, an hour and a quarter has just flown by in the back of an eyelid. Yeah. You know? And I'm sure we could have gone into any one of those areas in much more detail. But Definitely. I think everybody's got a good idea of what you're about and seen your journey and it's inspiring and shows that despite you know difficulties that we can all get there yeah you know definitely thank you kelly thank you so kelly if somebody wanted to find you and they wanted to find out more about nlp reiki massage and what you're doing online now and possibly the workshop and courses that are coming up tell us where they can find you yeah uh, on facebook i am k therapist uh reiki nlp and massage and on Instagram as K therapist, but I think it's K underscore therapist just to make it a bit different. Okay. So K underscore therapist on Instagram and yep. K therapist, Reiki, NLP and massage on Facebook. Yes. Okie dokie. When you watch this video on YouTube, if you go to the text underneath, you'll find links to find Kelly on Facebook and Instagram. Okay, folks, I'm going to leave you with a quote from my book, From Pills to Peace. And this week, unusually, I didn't write it. I'm just reading you one from Wayne Dyer. And it's simply this. Make a life, not a living. Follow your passions, follow your heart, follow your dharma. Do what you love. The financial situation and motivation comes secondary to that. When you do what you love, you'll become very good at it. You'll be passionate about it. You'll be oozing positive energy. People will be drawn towards that and the money will come. This has been Midnight McBride, show number 59. And you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and LinkedIn. You can go to the website, midnightmcbride.com. You can catch me on Salford City Radio every Monday night from 11 till 12 or midnight till midnight. That's 94.4 FM with the Mind, Body and Spirit show. You can buy the book on Amazon, From Pills to Peace, and it's also available in many of the places and in Kindle format. You can get the book as an audio book on ACX, Amazon, Audible, and others. And you can get this video podcast. It comes out every Monday and Thursday on YouTube, and then three days later it goes live as an audio podcast on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, Google, Deezer, Part Radio, Pandora. I can't even remember them all. There's lots. Thanks for watching and I'll see you next time. Shalom.